Thanks for joining us online today. If you'd like to join the conversation, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope that you'll enjoy this message. to be with you this weekend. Fort Myers location, welcome to you and all of your services. Gateway location, what's up to you? Anybody watching online, glad that you're a part of us as we continue bringing sexy back. Happy Labor Day weekend, everybody, but more importantly, happy college football kickoff weekend, everybody. Yeah, so excited. It's here the next 16 weeks, probably 13 weeks for me, but the next 16 weeks for some of you who are better, it's going to be amazing. So I'm uh, so glad that you're here uh, with us this weekend as we continue our Bringing Sexy Back. How about the first two weeks of this series, everybody? Unbelievable, the messages that have come out. People ask me from time to time, like, where did you learn how to speak? Did you always know how to speak? And the truth was, not not, not really. Like, I mean, a little bit, but not really. The, the, our, my, my senior pastors, Matt and Sarah Kella, started handing me notes on the front page of the high school over six years ago now and just said, track along follow along. I was just a volunteer in our church, and it's led to where it's led today. So I'm so thankful to have pastors who believe in investing in leaders and investing in people in the next generation. These first two weeks of this series, last weekend with Pastor Matt and Sarah, the first weekend with Pastor Matt, aren't we blessed with some incredible, incredible leaders here at Next Level Church? So thankful for them. And then your campus pastors at your locations, Pastor Shane at the Fort Myers location, Pastor Gabe out at Gateway, Pastor Lewis, who was setting up and tearing down Coconut Point today, getting some practice in. Aren't we blessed with some incredible leaders at each one of our campuses and our campus pastors? So thankful for them and all that they do day in and day out to create a place that that you all guys all love and people are going to love that aren't even here yet so they can experience the loving God. But we're going to continue this week in uh, bringing sexy back, and we're going to talk to the sexy singles Woo! There they are. Come on, sexy single ladies. Put your hands in the air like you just don't care. So, no, good to... Good to see you this weekend. Glad you're here. Singles, let me say this. Married couples, listen, don't check out on me because we're saying singles. I'm going to talk specifically to singles this weekend, but the truth is the overarching theme of this message is going to have everything to do with you as a married couple as well. It's going to create some incredible conversation with you, so lean in and engage. The singles leaned in the first two weeks of this series and engaged and took notes, so I would encourage you if you're married at any of our locations or wherever it is that you're watching that you would lean in and take notes as well. I believe it's going to create incredible, incredible conversation for you over dinner over the next several weeks because we're going to take some time this weekend and we're going to focus in on a topic that I think is what every single is dealing with even those of us that are married are dealing with but here's the deal everything has changed since the last time I was single it's been almost a decade since I was single so there's a lot of things that are the same but a lot of things that have changed as well I mean social media like it's changed everything with with dating and being single like for me I you can you can narrow down searches now to like exactly what you want like where he is located what type of job he has I hope he makes this type of money blonde hair blue eyes he's from here she works this she does that body type this and you can narrow down your focus to like something so specific so it's easier to find somebody than ever before but it's as hard 
too, because you don't even know if that's really them. I mean, I'm no Harvard grad, but on social media I am. Like, right? I mean, like, I mean, graduated from Harvard, MBA at Columbia, like, just because I wanted to switch schools because I'm so smart and good looking. So, so you just never know what you're going to get. So it's easier than ever before, but yet it's harder than ever before as well. The truth is social media, Facebook came out like right as me and my wife met each other in 2006, almost a decade ago. And text messages too, like I got my first text message that year and it's just changed the way that we communicate. It's completely changed who we are. I'm so glad that I snagged the wifey like right at that time because I feel like it would have been a lot harder to date in the future with social media and all that stuff. So it's funny though, but there's so many things that are the same, but so many things have changed as well when it comes to dating that we live in a culture today that says you can be single and live this way. But as we study God's Bible and his word, we actually see some things that God says we should actually live this way when we find ourselves single in our life. But everything's, you know, changed and it's the same. I actually found some of our Facebook messages when I first started talking to the wife and I actually did reach out to her on Facebook for the first time. So I uh, didn't say hey to her in person, even though you had to actually meet each other before you went on a date in my day and age. Uh, Now you don't, you just show up and it's like, I think that's her. I think that's him. And it's like, hey, here we are. We're good. We're dating. We're on But I found our first Facebook messages. Check this out. Uh, November 15th, 2006, 11 a.m. Hey, Jen, with two N's. She prefers one. Uh, She let me know that. We didn't really get introduced the other day at lunch, dot, dot, dot. But it was nice to meet you. You being a Florida fan just kind of opened the gates to mess with you. I guess I can let it slide, though. Hopefully we can all hang out again sometime soon. Have a good day. She responds back later in the afternoon. Hey, Kyle. Actually, (laughs) within a minute, she was obviously waiting on me to reach out. Hey, Kyle, yeah, I know we weren't really introduced, but it was fun to mess with you about your bad choice as an Auburn fan as well. Sorry about your loss on Saturday, smiley face emoji. Sorry, dot, dot, dot. I can be kind of sarcastic sometimes as well. Well, I would love for us all to hang out again sometime soon. See you around. By the way, you and Davis were looking good in those sweater vests last night. I kept score for basketball at the school I coached at to make a little extra money, and they made us wear gold sweater vests. It was awesome. I respond back. Next day, let, her, let it hang for a little bit. Be too desperate, fellas. Too desperate. Hey, dot, dot. Two dots this time. Just seeing what you're doing this weekend, dot, dot, dot. Uh, we should all hang out. I want to watch the Auburn-Alabama game on Saturday. Hopefully, I'll see you soon. She responds. Well, I'd love to hang out sometime this weekend. However, I'm working a middle school girl's lock-in. Good for her. Way to serve. So I might need a little bit of sleep, but I was planning to work on a research paper later on Saturday, so I guess I could take a break to watch Alabama win. Smiley face, let me know. Maybe we can carry on a conversation face-to-face sometime soon. I respond back. Ha, ha, ha. 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 Dot, dot, dot. That would be good. I told someone the other day how I hated people that just talk on Facebook. And look at us. I will cheer for Florida. My dad gets us championship tickets, whatever. And then I throw out my number. I'm like, my number's this, which it's not anymore, so don't text that number. If you want to call when you are done, she responds back. Okay, I guess I'll make the Auburn jokes minimal. And then she throws out, and by the way, you can call me if you want to. Here's my number. Which, side note, ladies, make him call you. You want to start it off right? Make him call you. Just saying. Trust me. (laughs) Make him call you. Have a great day, Jen. 
Three weeks later, you're amazing! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Just trying to get the point across. She responds back, no, you're amazing! Exclamation point, exclamation point. I have the best boyfriend in the world. I'm the luckiest girl. Boom, your boy, three weeks. That's all it took. Three weeks, she's flying me to Southwest Florida to meet the parents. Then her dad's got me in a plane jumping out doing parachute jumping, like, and I'm like, what did I get myself into? It's amazing, but everything's changed, right? Like, this is not how we communicate it back in the day. Some of you are sitting there going, well, I remember writing letters to her back in the day. <laughs> then there's the whole text messaging thing. Like, this thing rang the other night. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Who would call me? <laughs> it's <was> my grandma. <laughs> But text messages have changed everything, haven't they? Like, you, you get a text like this, like, come on, come on, girls, you send this to the guy you're dating. I invited my mom over to dinner tonight. Married couples, you can understand this. And then the response back is, great. <laughs> no exclamation point, no. It's confusing. Maybe he reaches out and says this, can I play poker with the guys on Friday night? She writes back, whatever you want to do. <laughs> what do you do with that, ladies? Whatever you want to do, it doesn't help us. It confuses us. Because either way, we lose. Because you know we want to go, so if we say, no, we'll hang out with you, you feel like, oh, never mind, it's unbelievable. It's so hard. It's so hard. Can I get a better amen, fellas? Come on. So hard. Maybe you get this one, though. Maybe she reaches out and says, can't wait to see you tonight. And fellas, you respond back, okay. Not that these are my wife and I's text messages feeds by any means, but because uh, I don't play poker. But, um, <laughs> but communicating's harder, isn't it? Dating used to be so much easier. You actually had to come face-to-face and have a conversation and talk, and now we leave ourselves second-guessing all the time via social media or email or text messaging, and we start to date, and our emotions can be all over the place. And dating is so different, and it's easier in some ways, yet it's so much harder in other ways. And the truth is, we live in a culture today that simply says this. It says, if you're single, you must not be sexy enough for someone to want you. That if you find yourself single in today's world for too long, you must not be sexy enough for someone to actually want you. The world says things like, if you're still single, you must not be good looking enough. You must not be pretty enough. If you're still single in your 30s, You must not be very smart. You must not be cool enough. You must not be likable enough. If you're divorced and you're in your 40s or 50s and you've been divorced for more than two years and you haven't remarried, there must be something wrong with you. We live in a world that says if you're single, you must not be sexy enough for someone to want you. And there's this myth in our world today that says when I get married, then my life will be fulfilled. When I get married, then everything will be okay. When I get married, then I will have fulfillment in my life. And what I'm seeing around our world today is simply this, is we end up rushing a lot of times, and we ultimately compromise what we want in a relationship. The number one thing is I asked singles as I wrote this message over the last week or two in the foyer, in the office space, around some other places that I was at where I knew some people were single. I said, hey, what's the number one thing that you deal with, single person? when it comes to being single in today's world. And the overwhelming response was simply this. It's that we are lonely. When I asked a single person, what do you deal with? What do you you struggle with as a single person? Every response came back that I'm just lonely. 
I deal with loneliness. And here's the thing with loneliness in our world today. Loneliness is actually driving so many of us to compromise. That we find ourselves lonely. And the culture says, if you're lonely and single, then there must be something wrong with you. So then we end up compromising in order to fulfill the gap of loneliness. And we compromise things like our morals. We compromise things like our values. We compromise things like our, our faith and our beliefs. And, and maybe some of us, it's sex outside of marriage. And we know that we're not supposed to do that until we get married. But yet we've, we've driven to compromise in that area to fulfill the gap of loneliness. Maybe for some of us, it's living together, even though we're not married. And the culture says, no, 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 that's okay. Like, why would you ever pay for two houses? Why would you ever pay for two utility bills? Why would you ever do that? You're going to get married one day. Just go ahead and get moved in together. Maybe we get married one day and we rushed into it and you find yourself with two different bank accounts because we don't trust each other and we ultimately compromised what we looked for in a spouse, what we thought about we were going to have in a spouse and we end up taking a chance on someone instead of slowing down to figure out if this is the person I'm supposed to spend my life with. Our world says that if we stay single then we will be lonely. So we rush into this thing called marriage. I was thinking about this. It's, it's interesting. Pastor Matt said that the first week of this series, that in today's world, the stat is 50% of marriages are ending in divorce. The truth is, if you study even a little further, over the la- in, the, in the last five to seven years, most of those marriages are ending within the first two to three years. That 50% of marriages are ultimately ending in disaster, a flip of a coin, heads or tails. Will we make it? Will we not? If you're somebody who travels, and let's just say in the world today, this is not true, but let's just play the game. If airplanes were crashing one out of two, 50%, Delta, Southwest, Allegiant, that 50% of airplanes were crashing after takeoff, wouldn't we slow down a little bit? If we had to take a plane to get to a destination and 50% of them were crashing and burning, wouldn't we slow down a little bit and do our homework, do a little more research, seek a little more wisdom? before we jumped on a plane and hoped we made it. But the truth is, in today's world, singles were compromising to fill a gap of loneliness and we're rushing into relationship and we're rushing into marriage because we're ultimately trying to get to a destination that we desire without slowing down to make sure that it's not compromising what we believe. And if I could encourage you this week in single people, slow down. Slow down. It's going to be okay. Being sexy has nothing to do with what the world says of having a relationship or not. It has everything to do with knowing what God says about you. If 50% is crashing, shouldn't we slow down and make sure that we get this thing right? We end up compromising what we want in order to get the destination quicker that we ultimately desire. But I'm here this weekend to tell you single people that you can be single and not lonely, yet married and very lonely. That we think that being single is the ultimate thing that drives us to be lonely, but you can be single and not lonely at all or married and very lonely in our world today. Look at the definition of lonely when I looked it up this week. It was interesting. Lonely means without companions. It was interesting to research that because of the plural part of companions. It doesn't say without a spouse. It doesn't say without a husband. It doesn't say without a wife. It says without companions when you take it a depth uh, deeper and you and you research companions that means a deep intimate relationship or friendship 
that you can be single and have many companions, yet married and have no companions at all. But we're rushing into this thing called marriage because we believe that a spouse fills the void of loneliness in our life. And this lonely thing has way more to do with relationship than it actually does a spouse, but we've convinced ourselves that having someone is better than having no one. We've convinced ourselves that having a a, a compromised someone is better than being lonely or having no one. And singles, loneliness is not fixed with a relationship. It's fixed with several right relationships. So this weekend, here's what I want to do. I want to combat this loneliness thing. If you've walked into one of our locations this weekend or you're watching online and you find yourself dealing with loneliness, single, dating, engaged, or married, doesn't matter if you're dealing with this loneliness thing, I want to combat it with the Word of God because God did not create us to live a life that's lonely. God did not create us to be somebody who isolates and lives this lonely lifestyle. God's word combats that, and I want to do that this weekend. So if you'll take out the slip of paper that's in your bulletin, and you'll track along with me, I want to give us four ways this weekend that we can combat loneliness. Four ways that we can combat loneliness. The first one is simply this, is that we have to realize that loneliness is a feeling, not a fact. That loneliness is a feeling, not a fact. Look at this incredible verse in Proverbs 28. Verse 26, it says, he who trusts in his own heart, his own feelings, is a fool. But he who walks wisely will be delivered. That he who trusts in his own feelings day to day, things that happen, you're going to end up doing foolish things. But he who walks wisely, he who knows what the Lord says about him or her, he who has companions around them will actually be delivered. You can be delivered from loneliness Because feelings aren't facts. It's an incredible verse. Incredible verse. I would encourage you singles, write that down. Put it somewhere where you can see it on a regular basis. We can't trust our own feelings and everything in our life because when you're feeling lonely, it's because something has triggered a memory of that feeling. Not because you're in fact isolated or alone. I did some study on this on the brain, science, and all that stuff, which is not something typical I would do for a message, but I think it's fascinating, this idea of loneliness and how it's not a feeling, and it actually, it takes away the facts of who God says we are, and it's simply this, is our brains are designed to pay attention to pain and danger. That's why when you stub your toe on the bed, you scream, hopefully something nice. I mean, I do every time. I've been delivered from language ish <laughs> that's when somebody jumps out from the corner and and scares you 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 get scared and they surprise you or you hit you feel pain and your brain triggers that it's worse than it actually is the truth is you stubbed your toe but for some of us it's, it seems like we're going to have to take you to the hospital like you get or somebody jumps out and scares you and it's like you're fearful the, like everywhere you walk now you're looking around the corner and it's like no we were just we were just playing. It's not a fact that everywhere you walk, somebody's going to jump out and scare you. It's not a fact that when you stub your toe, you need to go to the hospital. But the brain picks up this pain and this scary thing. And the truth is, therefore, loneliness gets our attention. That it picks up these scary feelings. And loneliness is a scary feeling. And it gets our attention. So the brain starts to try to make sense of this feeling. And we start asking questions. Why do I feel this way? Is it because nobody loves me? Because somebody in my past that I loved and they said they loved me deserted me? And is that why I feel this way now? It must be that, it must be that nobody loves me. Is it because I'm a loser? 
somebody in high school or college or my workplace called me a loser, and now I think when I see the people hanging out on a Friday night or on a Saturday at the beach and I'm not invited, I, I must be a loser or they would have invited me. Maybe it's because they're all just mean and they just don't like me. And theories about why you're feeling lonely can become confused with facts. My wife and I were laying in bed like two weeks ago, no lie, two weeks ago, and Kaylee was upstairs in her room, and she was asleep, and we were kind of right at that phase where it's like half asleep, half awake, and all of a sudden on the baby monitor, it literally goes, rock-a-bye baby in the tree trough, and I'm like, rock-a-bye baby, and at that time, me and my wife both shot up, boom, 90 degrees, like in the bed, like, and she's like, somebody's in Kaylee's room, and I'm like, no can't be. And then it's lightning and thundering, and I'm like, oh, I bet the frequencies got fixed up. And then it's like, rock a baby. And like, she's like, oh my goodness. And I like run over to the thing, I mess it, and then it stops making the noise, and I'm like, nobody's in her room, honey. The fact is, nobody's in her room, but the scary feeling will freak you out, and feelings will trump facts. Every time. Every time. Feelings will trump facts. We knew nobody's in her room singing that rock a baby. But the fear... And that feeling trumped the fact and the logic of our brain. And when the brain is triggered, facts can get confused by feelings. And this is what we have to do, singles. When you feel that and you feel alone and isolated, you have to stop. You have to take a second, take a breath, and realize that you are not alone and lonely. You're just feeling insecure in that moment. How do we combat loneliness? We have to realize that loneliness is a feeling, not a fact. Number two, we have to simply do this. We have to overcome the fear of rejection. We have to overcome the fear of rejection. We have to have the courage to reach out, singles. We can't withdraw and be alone and by ourselves in seasons where you're single and feel alone. Married couples, I'd tell you the same thing. If you're feeling alone, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling scared, don't isolate. Reach out. Make friends. Take a risk. I love the story of April in the beginning of our service. Thank God she took a risk. Thank God she took a chance. Thank God she reached out and found friendships. And April, we're so proud of you. Thanks for being a model to what you're supposed to do in that season because that feeling of being scared, that feeling of not feeling good enough, that feeling of he doesn't desire me or she doesn't desire me didn't drive her to isolation. It drived her to reach out for companionship. That's the goal. That's the goal. Look what Psalms 27.10 says. It says, My father and mother may desert me, but the Lord will accept me. My father and mother, those that are the closest to me, a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter, a best friend, they might desert me, but at the end of the day, the Lord will accept me. I'm not alone. That's the beautiful thing about being a follower of Christ. We don't know how people are going to treat us. They might desert you. They might have deserted you. But you're not alone. The Lord accepts you. He's with you. Look what Proverbs says about the same issue. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. That's why companionship is the fix to loneliness. A friend loves at all times. If you're a spouse and you guys aren't friends, attraction's going to wear off, single people. It just does. My wife's beautiful, and I love her, and I'm still attracted to her but it's not the answer to everything in our relationship. We better be friends. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. When you face that adverse situation in your life, you better have some companions 
around you. We live in a world that says sexy is what he or she thinks of me, if he or she accepts me. And we've forgotten that the only thing at the end of the day that truly matters is what does God think about me? Not about what he or she thinks or if he or she accepts. What does God say? Who does God say that I am? Some of you, you've had a dad that says you aren't good enough. Look what the Lord says. You're a son and daughter of the king. Some of you have an ex that says you weren't pretty enough. God says you're beautifully and perfectly made. Some of you that are divorced in here this weekend, you have somebody in your past that's told you you're not pretty enough, that you're not good looking enough. That is a lie from the enemy. Stop living under that. Your God says you are beautifully and perfectly made. If he made Adam through his image and then created Eve from Adam, I just don't think that the Lord made anything that was ugly. You might have an ex-boss that says you aren't smart enough. God simply says your gifts will make a way for you. You're talented, you're gifted, you have giftings. They'll make a way for you. Go on, a friend might say, an ex-best friend say, we used to be friends. The Lord simply says, you always have a friend in me. You always have a friend in me. That we can confuse these feelings with the facts of God, and the truth is the word of God says so much about who we are. But our world is starting to confuse us, and we have this fear of rejection because of things in our past. And listen, single people, we have to stop believing the lies of the world and start living in the truth of our Savior. There was a season where I didn't think that I was spiritual enough to be a pastor. In the first couple years of being a pastor, I didn't think that I was spiritual enough. After a couple messages, a couple emails, a couple Facebook posts, a couple comments, I started to question if I was good enough to be a pastor and be in ministry? Was I good enough to do this? And let me tell you something right now. Single people, married people alike, it doesn't matter. It's so much more fun to know what God thinks about me and not live in fear of what everyone else thinks about me. Now, I stand firm in the calling of God over my life. I stand confident in who God's called me to be, not because I think I'm good enough, because at the end of the day, I know that I'm not alone. And single, some of you are not living what God's called you to live because you're more concerned what he, with what he or she might think of you than what God might actually do through you. And this fear of rejection has to be demolished. You have to be delivered from it. You cannot live a life of fear of rejection. That is not God's best for you. You've got to figure this thing out. If we want to bring sexy back singles, then we have to break this fear of rejection off of us. How do we do that? We do that by number three is simply this. We have to combat our negative thoughts. We have to combat our negative thoughts. Look at this incredible verse found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, love that word, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We have to combat our negative thoughts. Combat's a military term. We have to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We have to combat it we have to take it captive that we are not designed to live a life of loneliness god has not created us to be passive and lonely he has created us to fight and be fulfilled he hasn't created us to have thoughts of negativity about ourselves he hasn't created us to be passive and go yeah that's true that's just that's just who i am no god has created us to fight so that we can be fulfilled take captive combat take captive the word captive means take that thought throw it into prison, lock the door, and throw the key away. 
Stop believing those things about yourself. That's what the enemy wants to do. He drops these things into your mind, these thoughts into your mind. When you find yourself lonely, and loneliness is a feeling, and now all of a sudden you've let those feelings become reality and trump facts, and now all of a sudden the enemy's got us, and he starts dropping negative thoughts into our mind, and we start running down that train instead of running towards the truth of God's word. Take captive every negative thought in our life. It's like fishing. I I grew up, we fished in a pond. Now you got all this back bay and deep sea fishing with different lures and fishing, and you got to spin it this way and yank it this way and make it dance in the water. I'm like, just throw it out, put the bobber in the thing, and let the fish catch it. Like, it's so much easier. We're going to eat either way. Might as well do less work. Amen. We just try to make things simpler in the South. Slower and easier. Slower and easier. <laughs> I didn't even fish growing up, so I have no idea if that's even true or not. <laughs> I was <laughs> Anyway. the the enemy throws lures out in the water and single people if we're the the fish in the illustration and the enemy throws out this lure of loneliness and we jump on that hook and he hooks us you have one of two options you can get reeled in and thrown in the boat into the cooler and now you've been taken captive Hmm. you can fight every once in a while a fish gets off a hook and you can go back and be with your companions in the water. You've got to fight. You've got to fight. You know what happens to the fisherman when the fish gets off the hook? It's frustrated. He didn't win. Fish won. Fight. Take the thought captive. Throw it into prison. Lock the door. And throw away the key. We have to combat our negative thoughts. We have to know that the lure of loneliness is not cast from God. And then number four, if we want to combat uh, loneliness in this season of our life, we have to focus on the needs and feelings of others. We have to focus on the needs and feelings of others. That's how we combat loneliness. If we can get this one right, I'm telling you, married, singled, dating, doesn't matter. If you can turn the inward of your own thoughts to the outwards and feelings of other people, then you don't have to be lonely. You can't be lonely. Look what Paul says. Incredible passage of scripture here in 1 Corinthians. Paul did all of his ministry as a single person. And he says this. He says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. How he can please the Lord. It goes on in verse 33. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world. How he can please His wife, that once we get married, not that marriage is a bad thing at all, marriage is amazing, but once we get married, our attention is divided. And now we we need to work because we have two people to support, and then we have the kids, and we got to get them to school, and we got the two cars, and the two car payments, and the two cell phones, and the trips we need to take, and I need to please her, I need to cook the meal, I got the laundry, and all of a sudden our attention goes away from what we can do as a single person, which is we can take all of that, and we can serve the Lord with everything that we have. It's not wrong to be married, but we're all single. You might look on and go, Kyle, well, you just don't understand. Listen, everybody who was married once was single. We do understand. I remember being lonely 
in 2005 and 2006 as a single person living in Cleveland, Tennessee without any friends, taking a job, living in a townhome by myself. I remember being lonely. And in that season, I could have devoted myself to the Lord. I could have done so many things for Him. But instead, I compromised a lot because I was lonely. And His interests are divided. He goes on in verse 35. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. Again, yes, get married. Yes, pursue relationship. But single people, when you find yourself in a season of being single, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Call me crazy. I'm not sure he does that if he's married. He's probably got other things to worry about all over the place, but because he could devote his entire self to the Lord in that season, he was able to do so much for God. It goes on in verse 35. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, not not to tell you you can't get married, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. If you'll devote yourself to me, single person, if you'll serve at your local church, if you'll serve on a Wednesday night in the youth ministry, if you'll serve on a Saturday in outreach, if you'll serve at a nonprofit in town that you're passionate about and be a mentor or a tutor or a small group leader or in kids ministry, and you'll turn your feelings from inward to outward and serve somebody else, you can never leave that situation in that moment feeling lonely. The Holy Spirit will fill you up and your heart will overflow. Because you're using your gifts and your talents the way God designed you to do it for others and not just yourself. And some of you are sitting here and you're going, Kyle, there's some girls. Listen, I get it, man. I get it more than you know. I didn't always have this right. And it's a whole lot easier to stand up here married and a pastor now and tell you everything you shouldn't do. That the world says is okay, but the Bible says is we should live different. I know that. And I hope you know that single person. Listen, because some of us, there's things that we're doing that we know aren't right. That we know deep down at a heart level, a conviction level, that the Holy Spirit softly convicts us, that we know we're not living how we know is right and in good standing with what the Lord says to as a single person or a dating relationship or an engaged relationship today. I get it. Some of you girls, you're sitting right now thinking, but if I were to, if I were to tell him that we're not going to do that anymore, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna physically, we're not gonna do that anymore. He might leave and go do that somewhere else. Good. Rather know he's a cheater now than later. Slow down. If 50%'s crashing, rather know now than later. Slow down. Fellas, come on, listen, I get it. It's hard. I know. You got buddies, you got friends, you got co-workers, it's hard. It's hard being a man of God. That's being a man. Being a man is doing what the world says is okay. Being a man of God is doing what the Bible says is okay, even though it's harder. I think of a couple that started serving in our Fort Myers location. They were both single, and they were both really struggling with this loneliness thing, and they were compromising in their lives. They knew what was right, but they were compromising to fill the void of loneliness, and they were doing things they knew they shouldn't be doing. They found themselves drawn to 
our church and they started coming to church and then they went to our discover events and they both decided to serve and he had several children and she had a child and they both decided individually maybe i should use my gifts and talents to serve in the kids ministry maybe that'll make me even a better dad maybe that'll make me a better mom and i can create a place in nlc kids for kids to experience a loving god so they chose to do that and then on christmas eve about four years ago they met each other and my man went for it fear of rejection no sir he asked she said yes Merry Christmas. <laughs> they ended up getting married. Now he's on our staff because he felt called to ministry and leads an entire department. She's a coach at our Coconut Point campus, Coconut Point location. And they're serving together. Maybe, just maybe, when we turn our feelings outward and start using them towards other people, God will align us with somebody that's doing the same thing and we can enter into marriage. Two becoming one instead of one and one. Staying one and one. We can start that relationship the right way. Side note, fellas, they're serving kids ministry. <laughs> work for him, might work for you too. There's a season where we're all single. For some of us, that's longer than others. And here's the truth, we will find something to occupy our time. And I would say to all of you single or married, that find yourselves lonely, devote that season to the Lord. Concentrate on what you can do for Him. Concentrate on who God's trying to turn you and make you into what He wants you to be. Then you can enter that marriage and relationship, the best version of yourself. Instead of filling loneliness by hitting happy hour five days a week, scrolling on social media till 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, swiping right on Friday, What if you found something to give your time to that has eternal impact? You can't walk away from those moments feeling lonely. When you're doing something for others, the Lord will do something in you and he will fill that void with himself instead of fulfilling loneliness with compromise. So much less guilt over here, single people. I promise you. I promise you. What are your practicals? Next weekend is groups weekend at Next Level Church. Find a group. Do what April said. Reach out. Take a risk. Take a chance. Your best friends are here and you don't even know it yet. Do we have a singles ministry at Next Level? We don't. Unless we do. Fort Myers location. If you attend on Sunday, we need some of you to move to Saturday nights. We need you to move to the 615 service. And what if a couple hundred of you who attend on Sundays that are single in all different ages... What if you started coming to 6.15 on Saturday night? What if you started coming to 4.30 and serving and then attend at 6.15 together, worship together, learn together, grew together, created groups together, and went out and made companions together afterwards? Gateway, we don't have a singles ministry unless we do. The 12 o'clock at Gateway. And instead of sleeping in and going to the 12, why don't we come together at 10.15 and serve and then attend the 12 together, create groups, companionship, go out, have lunch together, and create friendship. Loneliness is not filled with a relationship. It is filled with multiple right relationships. It's amazing. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> come on, you don't have to be lonely. You don't have to be lonely. Combat the negative thoughts. Know that your feelings aren't facts. Overcome the fear of rejection and turn your feelings from outward, turn your feelings from inward to outward. Serve somebody else. Can I pray for us at all of our locations? Can I just do this no matter where you're sitting, even if online at Gateway, 
here at our Fort Myers location. Would you do me a favor? If you're dealing with loneliness, would you just slip your hand up so that I can pray for you this weekend? Come on, nobody's looking around. All heads are bowed, all eyes are closed. If you're dealing with loneliness in any way, shape, or form, whether you're a widow or widower, whether you're a divorced person, whether you're single and young professional, whether you're dating or even married right now, if you're dealing with loneliness, can I pray for you this weekend? Because I believe the Lord would want to break that off of you this weekend because you know you don't have to be lonely, that the Lord loves you and you're not alone and he would, he would draw you close to him in this moment. Would you raise your hand across all of our locations so that I can pray for you? So many hands here at our Fort Myers location, Gateway, I know there's hands out there. Jesus, right now, Lord, we pray for each person that has a hand raised. God, you did not create them to be lonely. Jesus, you have created them to have a deep relationship with you and with other people. So Jesus, right now, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you break that loneliness off of them, God? The thing that the enemy has held them captive for, we no longer are captive to, God. We believe in who you say we are. We believe that you love us. We believe that we're good enough. We do not believe things from our past. We do not believe what others have said over us. We believe what the word of God says over us, and that's that we're a son and a daughter of the king. Jesus, right now, break loneliness off of people. Give them the peace that passes all understanding and the joy of the world. In Jesus' Jesus name and God for every other person that's here this weekend married couples alike God I pray that this would create incredible conversation Lord that we would find companionship and we would not live lonely we would live in a deep relationship with you and others we pray this in Jesus name everyone who agreed said amen if your life has been impacted through this ministry we would love to hear your story send us an email to my story at nextlevelchurch.com we're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. Also, if you want to support what God is doing here, you can do so through our website, nextlevelchurch.com, and help us bring you more messages just like this one every single week. Your generosity is making an impact here and around the world. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great week.